Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Now, you got your Bibles? You got your Bibles here in, in this house? You got your Bibles that I have out, out there? You got, you got your Bible? Glory to God. I, I can't tell you how important it is for us to see the Word of God. The more parts of our being that we can get involved in this process of getting the Word in us, the better. And so that means if you've got it open and you're reading it, you've got your eyes uh, working for you. But also, it's interesting, uh, I, I, I can, I've noticed in my relationship with my wife that she'll say something to me, and then I think about what I think she's saying. <laughs> and it's not always what she's saying. And, and, and that happens with the Word of God as well. well. We'll go to a scripture, someone will read that scripture, but in our mind, we think we know what it says. And... Uh, when you have your Bible open and then you begin reading it, then that's when you catch yourself, hey, wait a second, it doesn't say what I thought it said. And that's when revelation comes. There's too many of us that go through life thinking that we know what the Word of God says. And you know that's just not the truth. I was kept away from salvation for 24 years because I thought I knew what God said about salvation from the Word of God. And when I found out that what I believe was different than what he said, I had to line up with him. And that's when I was able to reach out and get the eternal life that, that can only be given through Jesus Christ. So in this important subject, and every subject that's in the Bible is important, think about it. He put all of his thoughts in this book. All the thoughts that we would have to impart faith into us, because that's really what faith is, it's the thoughts of God, and you believe those thoughts, and therefore you have faith. He put everything in this word that we would need for every generation through history to have the ability for us to receive everything from him. We, we don't need anything else than, than that which is in this book. And that's powerful. And if you think about it, we're only using primarily just a small portion in, in the New Testament, in the epistles. And that's all we need. Praise God. You know, it tells us in, in John that if we would write down everything that Jesus said in his three and a half years of ministry, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to fill it with all that he said. There wouldn't be enough space for it. But he condensed everything that we needed to know and put it right here for you and I. So you ready for God to speak to you tonight? I know I am. I'm going to get something tonight. How about you? Are you expectant? Are you expected to hear words from him that'll change your view, that will bring answers to you, that will help with decision-making in your life? I'm ready. So, Father, here we are. Just, just, just like Samuel, when he began to hear a voice he didn't recognize, he was instructed, just say, here I am, Lord, and speak. And that's what we're saying right now. Our ears are open. The ears of our spirit are open. And we choose that no matter what we hear tonight, you know, we're going to take it and receive it because we esteem that what we're hearing is from the eternal and true and living God. And it will impart life to us. It'll impart strength. It'll impart direction. It'll impart purpose. Hallelujah. We receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. So we started this subject matter last week, and we're talking about the tithe. And I realize I say this every time I start a new subject. Hey, this is the most important thing you're ever going to hear. Well, you know, this, this what you're going to hear tonight is the most important thing that you need to hear. <laughs> it's all important. And it doesn't have value until we esteem it as important. 
and then give it priority to our life to add it and apply it in our life. That's what the Bible calls being a doer of the word. You see, the word of God not only has to be believed, but it has to be acted upon. There has to be a, an expression in our life of us walking in its light to release its power. Amen. So the tithe is huge. And we went through the stats last week that there's very few believing Christians that are tithing. And I believe that the number one reason for that is, is we don't have enough teaching on it. Period. Bottom line. You know, if, if the body of Christ is not walking in truth, it's many times it's not their fault. I mean, we, we, we haven't been teaching on tithing like we should. And so any area where you find the body of Christ is anemic in is because we, the, 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 those that, that are called to present the word of God to the body of Christ, we're not doing our job. And so this is a valuable subject matter. It's been my heart to teach on this at least once a year. And so this is your installment of this information. It's, it's up to us to have ears to hear, and it is up to us to challenge ourselves to apply it. Too many times uh, we look at our circumstances and we, we say to ourselves, well, I can't do that. I want to do that, but you know, right now I can't. Well, you just told the Lord that you're not going to solicit his help to do it. You know, the Lord never tells us to do something that we're required to do it by ourselves. We've got to trust him that when we start walking out on it, just like Peter, Peter had to believe when he stepped out of that boat that he would, would be walking on top of that water. He had no evidence before he took that first step that God was giving him the power to do it. He said he could do. And it's the same way with you and I. I don't know how many times I looked at the scripture and I go, man, how am I going to do that? Well, you're going to do it by faith. And that way you'll solicit his help and you're going to be empowered to do it. Amen. And that's just how it works. Hallelujah. So just to review, and I'm always going to review because that's who I is. That's what I do. We, we ask questions. This subject, we're approaching it by asking questions and then getting answers from the word of God. We asked last week, what's the tithe? That word tithe just simply means 10%. So the tithe represents... 10% of our increase, 10% 10, 10 of our income. What does the tithe do? Well, God gave us the tithe to have resources in his mechanism, the body of Christ, the church, to fulfill the vision of God. It's interesting that God not only called us to go into all the world, but made a means where we'd have the money to go into all the world. And that's what the tithe represents. Now, who does the tithe belong to? This, is, this here is a huge revelation. Is the tithe mine or is it someone else's? Is the tithe the church's? Is the tithe this person, that person, this organization? Well, the scripture tells us in Leviticus 27.30, it says that the tithe is the Lord's. Now, that's very important to understand that revelation. You see, he's given us the tithe so we would have something of his that is holy. It says here that the tithe is the Lord's, it's holy to him. So you have a portion of your income that is precious seed because it's God's. And you're giving that which is holy to him. Amen. Now, years ago, there used to be a fad amongst Christians where we would say, everything I have is the Lord's. Well, that just wasn't true. I mean, that was, that was a great thing to say, you know. It seemed respectful, but you were spending the money. I was spending the money like it was mine, <laughs> not his. And so that's not true. But 10% of my income, the tithe, is the Lord's. 90% is mine, 10% is his. And so he's giving this privilege of being a steward, a caretaker of what is his. And so when you recognize that and you give it back to him, 
it's, it's, it's a tremendous asset to bring that which you have and surrender that portion to him. It's, it's a way to honor him. And it's a way that you can show him that you can be entrusted with more. We won't get into this tonight, but the Bible teaches the principle that if you could be a, a good steward over something small, then he knows that he can give you more and you'll be a good steward over that. But if you can't be trusted with a little, he ain't going to give you more. Hallelujah. And that's where we got to be careful that we don't make, there's another cliche that was so often spoken. I haven't heard it as much here recently, but I, you don't know how many people came up to me and said, you know, when I win the lottery, I'm going to pay off the church mortgage. Or when I get this money, I'm going to do this. And the answer to that was, no, you're not. No, you're not. Because you're showing me that you're not doing anything now with little things. So how can you be expected to do something with a lot? You can't, because God said in his word that if you can be entrusted with little, you're going to have a lot. Amen? So when I give back his portion, I'm beginning to show the Lord that I can be trusted. Amen? Here's the, a, a great question. <laughs> and can I say it in an actor's voice? You ready? Do I have to tithe? <laughs> I've heard that question. See, my wife and I, we've been doing this for over 38 years. And we've heard a lot of good things. And uh, this happens to be one of them. You know, do I have to? Do I have to forgive? Do I have to go to church? Do I have to do this? Do I have to do that? Well, the, 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 the answer is no. You don't. You don't. You can jump off a cliff if you want to. You can do whatever you want, right? Because we have a free will. But So understand that everything that the Lord instructs us to do from the Word of God is a choice. And that's what makes what you're doing valuable. There's no value if someone do, does something that's forced to do it. There's no value in that. Because they, 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 they didn't reveal what they believed and what they desired. And so if, if I look at things that the Lord shows me as a have to, then when I do do it, there's little or no value to it. <laughs> Hello? You know, I don't have to forgive, but you know, I do it willingly because I've been forgiven. And it, it, it goes down the list. You know, I don't have to go to church, but I want to go to church. I want to be in the presence of other saints that believe like me. I want to be in a place where he manifests himself. And really, it's the most important and the bright spot of my week. You know, I realize that without him, I'm nothing. So any time I have to be with him, either in a private setting or a public setting, I'm in. Hello, I'm in. Praise the Lord. So, do, do you have to tithe? No, you don't. Here's another one that really needs to be answered. Uh, is it true that tithing is a Old Testament principle? It's, it's a, uh, a principle that's been eliminated with our new covenant with God through Jesus Christ. And because now that we're in a New Testament, we're exempt from tithing as if it was a you know <laughs> as if it was a burden well understand that when you find something that they practiced in the old testament and then you find new testament scriptures that quote what the prophet said about those principles in the old testament they're bringing it into this new relationship and we'll uh, we'll get into that with this next question all right, and understand that that's why Jesus quoted scripture. It brought what God had promised back here before Christ and is now bringing it into now is being fulfilled here in this new covenant, this new relationship with God. And that's what uh, Peter did. 
when he stood up and preached that wonderful service after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, he says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. He brought that new, or excuse me, that Old Testament prophecy into the New Testament to show them that this was a fulfillment and this is now part of what we can enjoy until Jesus returns. Hallelujah. So, the next question is this. Is, is tithing a New Testament principle? Is it in the New Testament? And I've heard a lot of people tell me that they looked everywhere and they couldn't, fi they couldn't find it. Well, I... I guess really maybe they didn't look so good because I, I got all sorts of scriptures. I said, I got all sorts of scriptures. Amen? So let's look at this. We're answering the question, is tithing found in the New Testament? Is this part of our relationship with God right now as born-again, tongue-speaking believers? Amen? Spirit-filled, tongue-talking believers. Is that part of our covenant? Well, go on over to Luke, and we're going to go to Luke 11. And we're going to go to verse uh, 42. And I'm going to answer this question. Did Jesus tithe? That, that would be something powerful to know, right? Did Jesus tithe? Now, look over here in Luke eleven forty-two, And he's speaking to the Pharisees. They were religious leaders. They had a lot of knowledge of the Word of God, yet they weren't applying the important parts of the Word of God. And he says, Woe unto you Pharisees. So he's giving them a warning. He says, You tithe, you, you give your 10% of your income, you give that which is the Lord's back to Him through the giving of mint, and through all manner of herbs, so he, they would bring their tithe to the temple so there would be provision in God's house to facilitate God's will and plan on the earth, right? He says, you tithe, but you pass over judgment and the love of God. So he says, sure, you bring your tithe, but you're not doing these other things. And he says, these ought you to have done. So he's telling these Pharisees, he's telling these religious leaders, I commend you for tithing. But you, ought, you should also, along with your tithing, you need to walk in God's love towards people. Are, are you listening to me? So he says, this ought you to have done. He says, you should have tithed, but you should have not left the other undone. So here Jesus is telling these religious leaders that they were correct to tithe. And in a way, he's, he's acknowledging their obedience to do that, right? Now, that refers to me if Jesus was telling them that this is what they should have done, then doesn't that expose and reveal then he was doing it as well? Why would he tell them that they should be do, doing something that he's not doing? Now, let me say that again. Jesus told these religious leaders, you should be tithing. This ought you to have done. So he could not be in a position to tell them to do something that he wasn't also doing. Just like right now. I don't have the right to teach you about tithing if I'm not tithing. And I, I can tell you I'll put my hand on this Bible and tell you that my wife and I have been, been tithing for over 40 years. And we, we are so thankful that he afforded us that opportunity. I'm so thankful that, that as we write our resume for heaven, that that will be on my wife's 
and my resume that we return to God that which was his almost the entire time that we were Christians. Amen? Now, I'm not saying that to condemn you. I'm just using that as an example that Jesus told them to tithe because he was tithing. And I'm teaching on tithing because I'm practicing tithing. Hallelujah. So, Jesus, in my humble opinion, was a tither. And he's bringing tithing into this new relationship that we have with God through him. Understand, God's mission didn't stop in the New Testament. We still need that tithe to facilitate God's mission in the New Testament just as we did in the Old. So the mission hasn't changed, and the way that God facilitates it hasn't been changed. Hallelujah. Now, I want us to consider Abraham. You guys having fun yet? I, I, I want you to understand that my purpose tonight is not trying to talk you into tithing. Because then I'm putting your arm behind your back and making you do something that you, won't, you don't want to do, and that's not going to benefit you. What I'm really doing is I'm helping to impart faith to those that are already practicing it. Because there is an exchange that takes place in the tithe. And I want all of you that are giving back to the Lord his portion, I want you to have the fullness of this exchange. Hallelujah. Because there's a reason, anytime God gives us something to apply, there's a reason. And that reason is always to benefit ourselves and others. That's just how it works. I said that's just how it works. It's not him trying to put us under some kind of a yoke. That's ridiculous. Why would he free us from a yoke and then put another yoke on us? That's just not, that's just not God. Amen? He's giving us that which causes us to tap in to those resources of heaven. All right, so let's look at Abraham. Abraham is awesome. If you don't know Abram, if you don't know Abraham, you need to get to know him because he's the father of our faith. If it wasn't for him, I don't know where we'd be. You know, we, we, we always uh, would sing that song in children's church, uh, Father Abraham. Da, da, da. You know, had many sons, had many daughters. That's who we are. He's the father of our faith. And so we need to look at his example here in this. I, I got my wife singing. She loves that song. She, I can still picture her seeing her marching around being Father Abraham. Um, she's adorable. Anyway, Abraham is a, is a great example. And I want you to see that in Genesis we have an account of Abraham tithing. And so he was a, an individual that tithed on his income and gave it to the Lord. Now understand that in this example of Abraham tithing, he was tithing 400 years, everybody say 400 years, before Moses was given the law. Because I've had people come up to me, well, you know, tithing's in the law, and we're redeemed from the curse of the law. Well, Abraham was tithing before there was the law. So I don't think you can use that as an example, why not to tithe? We'll get, we'll get to how, how Abraham, the reason why he tithed. We'll get to that. But just understand that this example of Abraham tithing was 400 years before the law, and guess what? It was 1,900 years before Jesus was born. Fascinating. So we're going to go over to Genesis chapter 14. And uh, this testimony is about Abraham who defeated several enemy tribes. And he recovered both people that they had stolen 
and all with the possessions that they had robbed from these individuals. So let's go on over to Genesis 14, 14. And it says, when Abram, and that was his name before God changed it to Abraham, same, same guy, he heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive. So he had those that he had a relationship with that had these, these, this enemy come in and virtually kidnapped them and uh, took all their possessions. And he led forth his trained men that were born in his house. And so they went after them. They were in pursuit of them. So here in, in verse, the next verse, he took 318 of his employees and went in pursuit of them as far as the city of Dan. Then in verse 15, he divided his forces against them at night. And he and his servants, when they had overcome this enemy, it says they defeated them and then continued to pursue them all the way to Hobah, which is north of Damascus. And look what happened in verse 16. Then he brought back all the possessions that, that they had stolen from his kingsmen. And he also brought back Lot, his nephew, with all of his possessions. And not only that, but they recovered all of the women and the people that were kidnapped. Now, understand that after this great victory, Abraham knew why he was able to overcome the enemy. And remember, he only had 318 soldiers, so to speak. And they were soldiers. They were guys that were doing his dishes, that were looking over his herds. They were just his employees. He knew that it was God that empowered him to win that victory and to bring back all those possessions. And I'd have to also assume that when he defeated all these guys, he brought back all of his enemies' possessions. I mean, that's what King David, King David did for years and years, and that's why he ended up with a billion dollars to build the temple. He, he was empowered by God to defeat his enemies, and then he would spoil his enemies and bring back their possessions. This is exactly what Abraham did, but Abraham knew why he was able to do what he did. And that's how you and I need to view the tithe. I have this income because God is empowering me to do what I do. Amen. I mean, I can't make my heart beat in my chest. I, I have no guarantee that I'm going to have another breath. It, it's all because of God's grace and, and because of his mercy and his loving kindness to me. That every day I can go and be productive. And we need to, we need to see that. Just like Abraham saw that. Now, what did Abraham do when he got back? to his people and back to the city that he came from. Well, verse 18 tells us exactly what he did when he returned. So I'm in Genesis chapter 14. Look at verse 18. It says that Melchizedek, well, now that's, that, that's it. Who's this guy? Melchizedek. It says that he was a king of Salem and he met Abraham as he was coming back from his victory with all the people he recovered and all the possessions that he recovered. And he brought out bread and wine. Isn't that interesting? The, the symbols of communion. Or should I say the symbols of our covenant with God. And it says that he was a priest of God before the Most High. And notice in verse 19, it says that he, Melchizedek, the priest of God, he blessed 
Abraham and said, Blessed be Abram by God. So the priest is blessing him as a representative of God, who is the possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hands. So this priest was telling Abraham what he already knew, that God had given him the victory. And that God had a part to play in him recovering all. And it says that Abraham gave him what? Well, in the ESV, it says a tenth. Well, what's a tenth? A tenth is 10%. That's the tithe. And notice it says he gave him a tenth of everything. So the complete increase that God enabled him to recover, he gave 10% of it to the priest, which was really him giving it to the Lord, giving it to his God. The priest was just a representative between him and God. Amen? Now, this is when people say, but, but, but you don't get it. You're reading this out of the Old Testament. Don't you remember we're in the New Testament? Uh, that, that's a really good point. I, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I, I'd be lying if I said I you know, didn't think of that. But uh, let's, let's, let's answer that. Because these things pop up in our mind. Because we have these predetermined beliefs about things. And then that closes our heart to hear what God has to say. So the question is, I don't want to hear an Old Testament example of tithing. I want to hear a New Testament. Fair enough. Now remember, anytime God takes Scripture from the Old Testament and brings it into the New Testament, then he says that's now relevant and something that we need to continue to practice in our life as they did in the old relationship with God. All right? So understand that God, in bringing tithing into the New Testament, gives this same account of Abraham and him giving his tithe. He brings it over to us in the book of Hebrews, which makes tithing and his practice relevant to you and I. Why would God take two chapters of a New Testament book and talk about what Abraham did with his tithe if it was not relevant to us? You think maybe he made a mistake? No. He's showing us that you and I can enjoy the exchange of tithing today. And the same blessing that they received we now can receive. Remember, anytime God gives us instruction, it's to open the door for him to bless us. I really want you to see this tonight, all right? So let's, let's look at this. Let's see if I can find this in my notes. Oh, yeah, going over here to Hebrews chapter 7, and I'm not trying to be funny or anything, but Hebrews is in the New Testament, okay? Look at Hebrews chapter 7, and let's go to verse 1. It says, for this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God. So this is a representative before God, in benefit of man. The priest is who they had to go through to get to God. That priest represented them before God. Amen? He met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings, and what did the priest do? Now, this is part of the exchange. There's two sides of an exchange. It's that which I do, and then what that person returns back to me when I do it unto them. That's the exchange. It says that the priest did what? Blessed him. 
Now understand that the blessing was not coming from the, the priest because the priest was representing God. The blessing is coming from God through the priest. Hallelujah. And if, 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 ever, if, if anyone ever gave me a chance to be blessed of God, my hand goes up and I say I'm in. And so this is exactly what happened to Abraham when he brought the tithe. And we see him bring it here in verse 2 of Hebrews 7. And to him, that means God through the priest, to him, Abraham apported a tenth of everything. So to the priest, Abraham gave his tithe. And so understand that in the scene realm, just like 30 minutes ago, in the scene realm, we, we put our offering in a plate. But that's not what's going on in the spiritual realm. So in the scene realm, Abraham gave 10% of his increase to the priest Melchizedek. But what does this priest Melchizedek, who does he represent? Well, look at verse 4 in Hebrews 7. Now, this is where you begin to see that tithing is a New Testament principle. Who is this Melchizedek? And what, what and whom does he represent? Look in verse 4. See how great this man was. Talking about Melchizedek. How great this man was why was Melchizedek a great man well he was the one to whom Abraham the patriarch gave a tenth of his spoils so who is Melchizedek well let's go back to chapter 6 of Hebrews and it'll tell us exactly what Melchizedek who he represented and what he did look here in Hebrews 6 verse 20 It says that where Jesus, who? Jesus, has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become what? What has Jesus become for you and I? He's become our high priest. Now remember, it's the responsibility of the high priest to represent you and I before God. Jesus has come to represent you and I before God. That's why when we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus, and that's what, give us, that's what gives us access to the Lord, to the Father God. Amen? Now, look at, look at this. It says that Jesus has become our high priest for how long? Forever, after the order of or the example of Melchizedek. Now understand that Melchizedek was a type or a shadow or the example of Jesus before Jesus came. So what he's showing us by bringing what Abraham did into the New Testament is because what Abraham did in the old is he was giving to Jesus to get to God. Because Melchizedek represented what Jesus was going to be before he came. And so it was a natural example of what you and I have right now in real time spiritually. And that's why tithing is a New Testament principle because we're giving our tithe to the high priest. His name is Jesus Christ. Do you see that? That's why this is so valuable for you and I. Because we're giving the tithe to our high priest, and then the high priest, remember I talked about this exchange. You see, we give our tithe to Jesus, our high priest, in a form of honor and respect and love to God. 
and then there's this exchange that takes place. He receives that honor, and then he bestows honor upon us through a financial blessing. Woo! I'm telling you, this is so powerful. Hallelujah. So, in essence, when Abraham tithed to Melchizedek, in the spirit he was tithing to the high priest to come, Jesus. And that's where our blessing comes from, and that's the blessing that God wants to get to us through honoring him with his tithe. So here's the exchange that takes place. Number one, we being a steward of what is God's. That's the 10% of our income. That's the tithe. When we're a good steward of it and we return it to him, to our high priest Jesus, this is considering honoring God. Remember, we, we said that the, the tithe was holy to the Lord. That's why it's such a great honor unto him. And there's a scriptural principle that whoever honors God will him God honor. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, <laughs> we've got to stop looking at tithing from the natural. We've got to stop counting beans and saying, I've got to give them this many beans. Oh, man. You know, that's, that's the wrong perspective. What I'm doing is I'm bringing him honor with that which is holy. And it allows him then to honor you back. It's, 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 that scripture goes on to say that those who do not honor God, then it says that in the exchanges that he, he, he's not able to honor you very much. Low esteem, I think it says in the King James. So if I honor him with that which is holy, then I get the fullness of his honor back to him. But if I don't, then I'm, I, I'm esteemed with a small honor from God. He can only do so much. We determine how much God can do in our life, in everything that we do. Amen. So once you honor God with, with what is his and that's why you do it cheerfully that's why you do it from a place of love and appreciation and thanksgiving then it says the high priest then blesses us with increase oh glory to god now that's the exchange we honor god god honors us back with a blessing and that blessing is going to be financial increase and financial opportunity to have more now i want to ask you a question and uh let's see what you come up with the question is how did abraham know to tithe now remember it specifically says that he gave 10 percent. you think that just happened by accident no he had to know to tithe how did he know that? There was no Bible. He didn't have any teaching tape to listen to. There was no law. Remember, this is 400 years before the Ten Commandments. 400 years. How did Abraham know to tithe? Well, I told you a little story last week that uh, soon after I received Jesus as my Savior, I was really happy that someone who was so unworthy to receive God's goodness was able to receive his goodness. And I realized that I had missed hell and was on my way to heaven. 
I realized that I was a new creature in Christ. And so I asked the Lord. I, I made the statement. I said, Lord, you've been so good to me. You've done so much for me. I'm so appreciative. I'm so thankful. And then I said, what can I do for you? Remember what he said to me? He said, you can give. Now remember, that's before I even heard the word tithe. And, and the church that I went up to, you just threw some coins into the plate. Hello? It's what, it's, like, it's what we like to call token giving. You had to give something, but you didn't want to give too much, right? So you just threw in some change. And that's all I knew about giving. How did I learn about how to give to the Lord? It was my personal relationship with him. And it lined up with what the Bible said. So how did Abraham know to tithe? His personal relationship with God. And we have that same, in fact, we have more access to God than Abraham. And this is where we start finding out things when we spend time with God. And that's what Abraham did. You see, that's what was accounted unto Abraham his relationship with God is he believed in God and because of that it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Man. And so isn't it awesome that before there was a Bible before there were prophets walking on the earth saying thus saith the Lord before there was any other way to, to any natural way to, to know what God wanted us to do that Abraham just spent time with God and God told him hallelujah you see before this was started to get written down that's how everybody had to know him their personal walk with him and so God told me early on that I had been given the privilege to give to him. And that's why we've been doing this for over 40 years. We've been returning the tithe to him, and we've been making offerings to him. And that's why God has blessed us so mightily, is because we let him. By doing what he asked us to do, and we do it in a way that he can respond. Amen? So God taught Abraham, if you honor me, I'm going to honor you. Understand that tithing isn't about the money. Let me say it again. It's not about the money. It's about giving to the Lord from our heart. Doing it willingly. Doing it joyfully but also trusting him and using our faith that we receive that honor that comes back to us. Remember, we said earlier on tonight, we do everything by faith. And so we've got to believe for that which he does towards us, and that's what gives him permission to do it. Now let's read Malachi 3.10, and I think that you'll see it in a new light. You'll see the exchange. We give that which is God's to him by honoring him with it, and then God responds with a blessing. That's the exchange. So look at Malachi 3.10. It says, bring all of your tithe, and that just means your full 10%, into the storehouse. I like to say into the church house or where you find your spiritual supply, wherever that may be. I want you to do that so there may be meat or provision in my house or in my church to, to do that which that church is to do for me. And then by doing that, he says, prove me now herewith. doesn't say prove me when you get to heaven, although there is a spiritual, heavenly, eternal value to being a tither. I don't have time to get into that tonight. But he says, prove me now, in this sweet right now, on the earth, saith the Lord of hosts, 
if I will not open to you. Who? To the one that brought their tithe to the Lord, to honor him. He says, I'm going to open to you. And then he says, the windows of heaven. See, that's where blessings come from. And he says, I'm going to pour you out a blessing. See the exchange? You honor God with a tithe, you get his blessing. <laughs> Just like Melchizedek went up to Abraham and blessed him. He says, I'm going to pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. That means it's going to overflow. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I'm excited about the tithe. I'm so excited. <laughs> We've been doing this for over 40 years, and I still can't get over it. That you made a means to be blessed of you in this area of finances. Thank you so much, Lord. I thank you that as we honor you with the tithe, that that enables you through your high priest, our, our Jesus, to bless us. That's talking about having an anointing. That's talking about having an ability. That's talking about having an opportunity to see more income come to us from you. Lord, I thank you for this. And Lord, I thank you that as we honor you, you will continue to bless us. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in tonight. I trust the Lord said something to you. Uh, it's up to us to, to receive it, to believe it, and to get excited about it. Amen? And then just start to walk it out. And I know there may be some that, that you say, well, there's just no way I can do that. Well, just, just do what you can do and mix faith with it. And you'll see more come in. The Bible says that he'll give seed to the sower. Hallelujah. Uh, my wife and I, it, it took less than a year, but we just started trusting God and we started giving what we could give. And then we finally, before the year was out, we were able to give our 10% because more was coming in. You, you just got to get out of the boat. You just got to get out of the boat. You just got to put that foot in the water and trust his word and just start walking on it. And you'll get there. I'm still working on getting there, amen? We're working on all these different areas in our life, including finances. I, I, I better be quiet. It's almost 8 o'clock. Hey, we love you guys. We appreciate you. You guys are tremendous and awesome. We're, we're so thankful that you're part uh, of this family here at Birthed Family Church. And uh, without you guys, we, we can't do what he's called us to do. So I'm so thankful for our relationship. Hey, Go somewhere and be a blessing because you are the blessed of the Lord. Amen. We'll see you.